For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Dirt Talk Podcast Monday edition. As always, I'm your host, Aaron Witt, on a mission to make the dirt world a better place. And I am joined by my co-host, Alex Horton. Good morning. Nashville, Tennessee. We are in the studio, live and in person, ready to talk more dirt. This is our first filmed Monday podcast. First, yeah, first film Monday podcast, yeah. sure. Yeah, we are trying to step things up around here. You know, like you said, we're just moving up to another league. Moving up to another league right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're not dinking around anymore. We are not dinking. No. Um, did you... You were in Nashville for a while, it feels like. Like, I guess you you went to what, Utah on Monday? Yeah, I had to go to Utah for a meeting. A meeting, um, which everyone loves to travel like that. Yeah, super, super fun. Just going to a two-hour meeting, flying across the country for... That's my life now. Um, so yeah, I had to go to a meeting out in Salt Lake City and then now I'm back in Nashville until Monday and I go out and see a bunch of our partners in the Midwest, um, Monday through Friday of next week. I feel like it is starting to make more and more sense to do these like regional trips. I feel like for a while you were just like having to, not having to, I don't I feel like you were just like going to see like one partner oh, and there happens to be a second partner that's like close-ish and yeah. you just kind of turn it into a trip and now I feel like you're like doing like a northeast trip or east coast trip that is my current strategy it works most of the time <laughs> yeah but this this week is we were supposed to start in St. Louis that fell through so we're going Indy Chicago Milwaukee all drivable we're going to drive from Tennessee. I'm trying to oh. eliminate as many planes as I can these days. Sure. So we're going to drive from Tennessee. We'll end up in Milwaukee and then we fly back. And we see four companies. Okay. So you are going to, are you going to rent a car here? Yeah. Got it. That makes more sense to me. Yep. So you'll just fly one way. Fly one way. Yeah. Yeah. But the the whole regional thing, it's traveling is a skill. What we do traveling, it's very difficult. It's very logistically challenging. It's, I don't realize how complex it is until someone else comes into the picture who mm-hmm. hasn't really done it a whole lot before and just sits there and like, like when I gave Chell the whole schedule thing a few months back, he kind of, it freaked him out a little bit because he looked at it and thought, holy shit, this is, 
this is insane. This is a lot of moving pieces. What schedule thing? Sorry, am I uh, missing? Like just scheduling all the content trips. Oh, just like, oh, For you're everything. literally giving him the reins to schedule the content trips. Yeah, yeah, because I used to do it. And yeah. So I would just be like, hey guys, we got to go here, this date, here, this date, here, this date. Um, now he's doing it like a champ. Uh, but I didn't, I, I just don't realize how complex it is until someone else tries it and they sit there and think, what, what is going on right now? It's, it's a lot. It's, it's just, there's no rhyme or reason to what we do. Things are always changing. There's weather, there's delays, uh, project schedules get pushed. It's just, you have to be very adaptable because I don't think I've had a single trip that's gone as planned. Perfectly as planned. That sounds about right. None of them, <laughs> none of them go planned. But that's just the reality of the industry and we need to adapt accordingly. Well, I would say that um, it's not like you travel very much, so you don't have to worry about it that often. I, it's just become part of my life. It's like driving to work at this point. It's so normal what I need to do. I don't think twice about it. I, I, every once in a while, I look back on like, how many states have I been to in the past month and I sit there and count and I wonder, how do I, how do, I do that? This is insane. <laughs> and then you go, huh, <laughs> and move on. Yeah. But even even this week when I got back from Salt Lake City, I get back, it's like nine, and I just thought to myself, I could, there's no way in hell I could be doing this with a family at home. No way. I mean, mm. that's how I do it. Yeah. I don't have a family at home. <laughs> if I yeah, did. It's like, how do you do it? Uh, I'm not accountable to anyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there's just no, there's no way to do it, I think, with, uh, with the family at home sustainably. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm so feverish about it right now. Yeah, it's like before that part of like your life is what you're also pursuing. Correct. You're like, let's just go pedal to the metal right now. And yes. you've talked a little bit about like what that timeline kind of looks like for you right now. Yeah, and, which yeah. which is a it's it's a uh it's a trade off. I can't be as much of a jabroni kid as I'd like to be right now because mm-hmm. I have to go travel and do the business. But then I can be uh, what I hope is a much better and more present parent down the road whenever that time comes. And to me, making that trade is very worthwhile. I have to give up some weekends at the lake, getting drunk with my friends. Sure. But I should get a lot more freedom with my children, family, life down the road. So to me, and it's theory, who knows, but to me it's okay. Hey, shit, math checks out. Well, uh, not to rub it in, but I am going to a lake this weekend and uh, might be getting drunk with my friends. Uh, trust me, I I would rather be doing that <laughs> most weekends. <laughs> I I, yeah. I very much. I mean, that's why that's why it messes with my head so much. I'll be sitting on Instagram. Everybody's over summer at the lake with their friends, and I'm not uh, by choice. Yeah, it's and by design. It still messes with your head a little bit. It's easier said than done to just be like, well, you know, they're doing that. I'm doing this. It's different. I don't need to compare. Sometimes you, your mind gets spun up and you start comparing. Yeah. You need to walk yourself out of it. Um, Did you forget how to podcast? I, are we on a podcast right now? We are on a podcast. Okay. Dirt Talk, biggest podcast in the dirt world. That's what they say. We need to come up with like a, an official tagline for Dirt Talk. The dirtiest podcast in the world. <laughs> um, now I'm just thinking we, you and I were talking about audio logos like a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. you know because like some podcasts have you know when a podcast starts it's like 
beep. Yeah. Podcast company. And then it goes into the podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm just I, thinking I think of all we the should make things one, we make can do. Up. Yeah, I think that'd be yeah. fun. I think part of it is, and this is not spoiling anything, Dirt Talk's not going to be the only podcast out in the world from BuildWit. Like, no. That's, this is just the beginning. Yeah. And maybe that's, maybe that's the tagline. Dirt Talk, this is just the beginning. Well, technically speaking, though, you help on a lot of podcasts right now because all of our partners have podcasts. It's true. A, a lot of our partners have podcasts. A lot of, yeah. And you're pretty involved in most of them. Oh, no, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. Let's be, let's be clear. Sergeant, they're pretty self-contained. That's true. Yeah, we don't have anything to do with theirs. Yeah. Um, but every other partner that we have, you know, we've certainly played at least a role in helping them get set up. Absolutely. Which has been pretty cool. So that's already happened. Um, I will say that I think once we have some other, like, podcasts under the BuildWit umbrella, that, like, that's when the... Dirt Talk Studios or BuildWit Podcast Network or whatever that becomes, that's when we have like a little like audio logo. So people are like, oh, yeah, this part of the BuildWit stuff, of course I'm going to like it. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're, we're on the way. It'll just be a backup alarm like we talked about. <laughs> just beep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. This uh-huh. is making my dreams come true. Uh-huh. People say, wow, you guys have a lot going on right now. And I just think in my head, like, you have, you have no idea no idea what I have in my head in the scale at which we'll be operating at one day from a media standpoint. And everybody thinks we put out a lot now, but ooh, it is going to get, it's going to get big. It's going to get big. Way beyond just doing marketing for companies from a media standpoint. I mean, we're going to become an enormous media company producing all of our own stuff for all different types of reasons mm-hmm. podcasts documentaries kids shows it's endless endless well like i just said maybe the tagline is going to be dirt talk it's just the beginning mm-hmm. i mean that's stupid but that's like legit what we're talking about yeah there's a lot of room to run here hell yeah i think we need to make it the you know the dirtiest podcast network in the world i've got some merch ideas some merch ideas that yeah, endless that Endless. Are, are gonna, we're, we're, it's happening. There's, there's a, a lot of room to run on the whole dirt talk thing. Well, you know, I think everybody thinks they're the smartest and funniest person in the room when they say like, oh, it's called dirt talk? You should have called it dirty talk. Yeah. Mike, yeah, got it. <laughs> there's already there's already podcasts out there called dirty talk. Oh, yeah. When it I was, search for the name of this podcast. Yes, it still comes up. All kinds of like yeah. more uh, like either sex talk or just like conversations about sexuality, they pop up when I search for dirt talk. Well, there, there was one I saw, I searched dirt talk the other day and the first one that came up was dirty talk. And the cover art was, it was like dirty talk and it had an eggplant on it mm, okay. and something else. It was very, there was an innuendo going on there. Like a uh, peach emoji maybe? It might've been, it might've been a peach and an eggplant, but it was like a real eggplant. Wasn't the emoji eggplant? Oh. Yeah. Uh, so we still have not climbed to the top of the charts yet. Well, I would say that we're probably the most popular construction dirt world podcast called Dirt Talk. Hands down. Confident in that. Hands down. Okay. Yes. Um, we have a couple of good questions this week. Let's get into it. Do you it. have anything you like? need to stand on a soapbox about? No. No. I got a little wound up in the internal podcast. 
Did he ever, folks? Just wait. I mean, oh. not that you'll hear the, the podcast, yeah, yeah. but you'll hear the results of the podcast before too long, which is sure. exciting. Yeah, you'll see the results of the internal podcast. This is a question from Andy. He says, hello, I currently work in the heavy equipment industry on the material side of things, like in a rock quarry, but like the construction side of it, more like doing building foundations, digging basements, etc. Mm-hmm. I've been working my current job for six months and have been thinking about looking for another job. Should I stay to get some longevity or find something I think I would enjoy more? When we started this, the questions we got, they were kind of just like fun. We were just messing around. Well, yeah, I was like, what's it like to talk about dirt for, yeah, you know? Was, I'm, make, so, yeah, I'm mocking that. They, but, they were softballs yes. and tell us about skid steers and this and that. For, for whatever reason, we started to get some very complex questions like this one. For whatever reason, Dirt Talk has become... Dirt Talk has become some authority on the workforce development subject. There's there's something in the dirt world. <laughs> we now get a lot of questions. I li- I love this, by the way. I, I'm fully behind this. There is something of like a like an advice hotline vibe to some of these questions, which are fascinating to me. They're very good questions. We're we're doling out advice that potentially could be changing people's lives mm-hmm. and has. We've yeah. gotten people have written in, hey, thanks to you guys, I started a company or went to go work here or got into the dirt world and freaking love it now. That's so cool. It's badass, but it's also a little um, uneasing. Uh, it creates a little unease because it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm 26 years old. I have no idea what's going on. And these people are coming to me for advice. Mm. So here's your disclaimer for everybody coming to us for advice. Sure. We're not experts. We have no idea what we're doing. Agreed. We're not liable anymore. I, I would say that I think we, you and I do a good job of only really speaking to things we feel comfortable speaking into. Yeah, and we try to make it personal so we're not... I try to base things off of what I've experienced and learned um, to offer my opinion on the subject. So with this topic, I... And this is a dichotomy here. I'm a huge proponent of quitting. I've quit so many things. <laughs> I, I, I quit. I joined a fraternity in college, quit that. I was in the honors college, quit that. I have quit every job I've ever worked for pretty quickly. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of quitting. If you get to a certain point and your gut is really telling you, you've done everything you can here, you need to go elsewhere. I really, at least for me, it's been a gut thing where I get to a point where my gut says, hey, you've done a great job here. Time to move on. When I get that feeling, I'm out. I've trusted it every time and it's always been right. Always. Actually, my longest job by, by a long shot is BuildWit. Funny enough. Do you feel like you're at risk of getting fired from BuildWit anytime soon? Probably at this point. If I <laughs> roll the skid steer again. Now, come on, man. I'm, I'm out at that point. The board, <laughs> board was going to be sick of my shit pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So if you're at the point where you've busted your ass, you've done everything you can, you've, you, th- you think you've learned what you can learn, your gut's saying, hey, ah, this just doesn't feel right. Cool. Go somewhere else. Everybody's hiring right now. And I'm going to start pushing that more and more and more. And I think it's going to start annoying people, but that's a good thing. I'm sure. going to really start hitting on that point. If you're sick of where you're at, go somewhere else. But at the same time, there's immense value in being patient and letting things work out where you are at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so 
it's a dichotomy and there's no right answer. It's, do you still have some room to run where you're at? Can you look yourself in the mirror and say, I've given this everything I have, everything I have to make it work. If you haven't, you probably have some more room to run. Is there another area within the business you can, you can, you think you can move to so you can continue learning? Or if you're, if you're underneath someone you don't particularly enjoy working with, can you, can you move somewhere else to get, to find someone else to, to mentor you and and lead you? Mm -hmm. Maybe there's, there's potential there. I think it's a case by case thing and it's a dichotomy. I think there's immense value in staying somewhere and giving it everything you have because I think people quit prematurely. But if you know something's not working, quitting's good, man. And that's, uh, Jocko talks about this. Is he, he says it's the whole never quit thing. It doesn't make any sense at all. If something's really not working, stop. <laughs> stop. You're not quitting on the big picture. You're just stop, stop, stopping what you're currently doing that's not working, taking a deep breath, and going in a different direction. There's a lot of value in that. Yeah. A lot of value in that. So it's just, it just depends where you're at. Is there more room to run there or is stopping, taking a deep breath and moving in a different direction? What feels right? They could both be right. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a right answer. You know what this kind of makes me think of? I'm going to relate, relate this to my own life, Andy and Aaron. You're, you're part of this conversation, Aaron. You can be here. Appreciate you. Um, So. Thanks for having me on. Hey man. Anytime. You know, you're, you're invited to Dirt Talk anytime you want. Um, so my wife and I moved into a new house, new to us, um, two years ago. And we just have had some like heart-to-heart, hard conversations about, are we really happy where we are? Do we, you know, does the community feel like it's our community that we live in? Does it feel like the house is something that we want to like invest a lot of time and effort into making, you know, feel like it's really our special space. And kind of the, the result of those conversations is no, probably not. But the like thing we've had to reckon with is it served us when we, when we did move in, like we needed what our current house offers us, you know, it had an extra bedroom. We had a baby right when we moved in. Like those are things that like matter from a technical perspective Sure, that like it doesn't serve us now. And so I think at first we felt like shame or like, did we, have we failed somehow by, are we just like stuck here? And the answer is no, but that's not because it, it was a bad decision then. And so what I'm thinking with Andy, like just what it kind of like says to me in my gut is that like the last, you know, six months he's been at his current company might have like served him in a really important way, but it doesn't mean that it has to serve him from now into eternity. Yeah. That's how everybody, every job has been for me. It's, I just squeezed as much as I could out of it. Got what I could. I'm on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And, but, but that was, that was, that was what works for me. I'm not saying everybody needs to quit their job every six months. Yeah. I, I wanted to go see, as many different companies and how they operate as I could while I could do it in college, I thought was the good way to do that. So that's why I worked for five different companies was I could, without a whole lot of risk, without really any consequences, I could just bounce around. I could do whatever I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Now I will say 
you do have an advantage as a young person if you are willing to eat shit longer than other people in the industry right now too. There is value in just slogging it out because most people are jumping around too fast. And most people, I see kids do this all the time. They get too impatient. They go try to go after the grass. I guess you have to be leaving for the right reasons. If the place you're at sucks or you've, you know you've got everything you can there and, and then, okay, now I'm going to look for another opportunity, cool. But if you're just looking for the greener grass, you're going to get your ass beat. At least I've seen that a lot with the younger people. So there is value in if you are at a good spot for, you know, quote unquote, I just don't know another way to say it, eating shit for a while because all the other people around you are going to probably bounce around, which is what ha- what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. You're the one that's been steadfast the entire time. You're going to be able to move a lot faster than they are bouncing around. Yep. So it's it's a total can of worms, dichotomy, very personal thing. There's no right or wrong here. Agreed. I'm with you. But if you're looking for greener pastures, that's a bad, bad place to be. At least... Th- I've just seen a lot of young people get their asses handed to them over the past few years doing that. All right. Well, Andy, thank you very much for reaching out, man. Appreciate it. Next question. All right. So this is from Layton. They say, as a young owner, I'm trying to juggle controlling the direction we go while giving key employees room to impact the growth and direction. How much control should I hold on to? How much trust and responsibilities should I pass on to key employees? I look for as many opportunities to give people trust and responsibilities as I can. This is, this is a thing, and I'm still learning this to this day. If you treat people like adults, they're going to behave like adults. If you give them power, you empower them. You don't even empower them. You, don't, you just don't take away their power. And this was a really interesting thought that I read a few days ago. It was people have power, and but all these rules, companies, governments, whatever, they take it away from people. They minimize that. They, they minimize it. So your job isn't really to empower people. Your job is to just let them be human beings that have power to begin with, which is a very interesting concept. It's a complete opposite way to look at it. So I would I would get out of the way as much as you can. I try to inform the organization from a big picture standpoint, but from a how we're actually going to do this, I try to put that, I try to involve everyone we can in that. We just talked about this in the internal podcast. We need to do something over the next six months, a lot of things over the yeah. next six months. So instead of me as a leader saying, okay, here's what we need to do. And here is the entire plan on how we're going to do it. Okay, guys, here's the plan. Go do it. Instead, I've learned, again, thanks to Jocko Echelon Front and others, here's where we need to go. Let's, let's all come together here and sit down and come up with the plan together on how we're going to execute this. Let's involve everybody in, in, in planning it. And you get some extraordinary results as uh, if you can actually pull that off, I think. So I think I, any chance you can trust people, trust people. But you need to genuinely trust people. If you trust someone, you need to make sure you trust someone. You need to be very careful that your actions don't say otherwise. Because if you say, I trust you, but I act in a way that says, I don't trust you, you are going to, none of that's worthwhile. None of that's worthwhile. You're not empowered. I'm not going to get the result. I'm going to be frustrated because I said, well, I said I trusted Alex. But then if I'm going and making a decision for you around, even though I'm the boss, you know, around your back, making making a decision that you should have made on your own, I, it, it takes the power away. It says, I don't trust you. And we're, we're at square one again. We're at probably even a worse place than we would have been if I would have just said, nah, 
I'm just going to do it. I'm the boss. Mm -hmm. Make it traditional command and control. And I think you don't have to give everybody everything day one. Build that, build that trust, build that relationship. As you build that trust and relationship, give them more and more and more responsibility. People like responsibility. People like trust. People want to do a good job for others. Mm -hmm. People don't want to screw other people. I just think people screw people in this world because they're not empowered. They're not trusted and they're acting out. They're acting like children because they're not treated like adults. It's a simple concept. I feel like one thing that's become really clear, um, just in the way that, you know, I'll say both how BuildWit works and um, a lot of our partners that we spend a lot of time with um, kind of handle this sort of like trusting their team to do like the right things in the right ways, whatever, is that if you trust somebody, if you like give up a responsibility or whatever to, to someone you work with, you trust them to do it. You're trusting into the, in the result of the thing you've trusted them. You're not, you can't like control and be a part of the way that they get there. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's like where a lot of companies kind of get, get in the weeds. And that's sort of where you find like leadership working on things that don't, don't make sense for them to spend time on. Because it's like, not only do they want a certain result, which, you know, like for the the best way for our business to run is that we like have really clear expectations on what the results are. Mm-hmm. But if you're then micromanaging the process to get there, like that's, that's not really trust. That's you're, you're asking the other person to do whatever you say. Correct. And that just, that just, that's not trust to me. And I, but I think that that is where some people get like tangled up is if I give you this thing and I say, I trust you with it, I still have access to how you do it, when you do it and what the result is. Like that's not trust at all. Like why even ask, why even bring someone else into that? If Correct. your response is, I want you to do this, but it needs to be all of the ways that I would do it. Yeah. And this doesn't make sense. I think human beings are smart. And it's a novel concept. It, Human beings are smart. They're intuitive. They can pick up on that. And there's too many people, especially in the blue collar world, they think for whatever people are dumb and they treat them like they're dumb and they get a bunch of dumb people. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's, it's amazing how it works. But if you treat everybody like human beings, like adults, like smart people, you're going to get some incredible video was a big thing for me. I used to, I used to um, be in charge of orchestrating every video project. Now, Angel was the first videographer we had full-time. He shot everything and he would be doing, but I, I would be orchestrating the project. I'd be doing the interviews. I'd be, you know, we'd be making adjustments to edits, this and that. I've worked myself completely out of any video project we have. I have no involvement in a single video project right now. Mm-hmm. And I just saw our latest video. It's this very complex documentary. I was blown away by it. It was like I was watching Netflix. <laughs> Seriously. It was you're like, wait, my friends made this. <laughs> this was, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and not only that, but they said, you know, this is, this is going to be big for us and just wait. We, we really didn't really know what we were doing on this one, but the next one, it's going to be extra. They're just so hungry to improve because they own the projects. And ever since I got completely out of the video projects, they're actually a hundred times better than anything I could have ever done. And I have no problem with that. 
I'm very, very glad I got out of it. I'm very glad I trust them to do whatever they need to do now. I'm very glad I've given them the opportunity to make even the decisions on how they're going to do something or what the project is to begin with. Mm -hmm. They're doing everything from A to Z now. Everything. And because they have that power, because they're able to create as they see fit, solve problems as they see fit, they make mistakes, they screw things up, but they're doing some incredible work. They're doing work that's way better than anything I would be involved in. And that to me, as a leader of the business, is really damn exciting and really damn cool. It means we're winning. Agreed. Like Jocko said, and it connected a lot of dots for me, he said the best missions were when he just sat in the Humvee. All he said was execute, 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 and then just listened on the radio. No involvement in the mission whatsoever. And it's because he's like built up that trust with his team and like he knows what to expect. Everyone else knows what to like expect, you know, of each other. Is that de- like, is that the whole like decentralized command thing? Decentralized command is a part of it. Yeah. It's definitely a part of it. Yeah. Everybody's empowered to make decisions. Cool. Well, I'm with you on that. Um, Leighton, thanks so much for reaching out. Appreciate it. Um, Aaron, I think that is a Monday podcast, my guy. Super. Okay. Well, that's another edition of the Monday podcast. I thank everybody for the questions. If you have questions, comments, anything of the sort regarding Dirt Talk, or you just want to write us, send us a note at dirttalk at buildwood.com. We'd love to hear from you. Comes to me, baby. Comes to Alex and Alex sends off anything that's relevant. Um, We really appreciate you listening and we'll see you on the next one. Stay dirty, everybody. Thanks, y'all.